The Apple news has been relentless. On the heels of its big event last week, the company has pushed its conflict with Facebook into an all-out war just as it's starting a separate trial with Epic. Oh yeah, it's also reporting earnings tomorrow. Let's break it all down. Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. Here to run through everything is what I imagine to be our very exhausted Apple reporter, Ian Scherer. Welcome, Ian. It's definitely been a week and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> I know it's uh, yeah, this, this is going to be a long one. So let's let's take this one at a time. Uh, yesterday, Apple dropped iOS 14.5. So what are some of the key features uh, about the software update that people should know about? So um, aside from the most dramatic feature, it has some uh, con- uh, fun, cool emu- uh, new emojis, right? So you've got now a um, syringe and you've got a heart on fire and stuff like that. So that's fun. Uh, it also has an ability to help you unlock your phone with your mask on, which I've been using a lot in the betas. And let me tell you, as someone who writes down his grocery list on my phone, <laughs> being able to pull it out with the mask on and still be able to read my grocery list is like, it's life changing. I didn't know such simple things could make me so happy. So that's another feature that they built in. And then finally, the most important one, uh, and the one that's dri- you know driving this conversation is, so Apple has decided that Um, We all, as users, have a choice about whether or not we want to be, quote unquote, tracked uh, by the advertising industry. And that means Facebook, Google, whomever, being able to actually see our behavior across different apps and websites using unique identifiers. And if we say no, then they can't, at least using the iPhone, which is a huge change and freaking out a lot of Silicon Valley. Yeah, and this is the, and it takes the form of this, it's almost like a nutrition label, like sort of easy to read label for privacy. And Facebook in particular has been very vocal about object, objecting to it. What are some of the main objections that it has? What is, why is it so against Apple putting for privacy at the forefront? You know, um, it, it's hard to say, right? I, I mean, Facebook, is always kind of struggles with double speak, right? Where they say, we care about your privacy, and then they knock it down left and right. And the reality, I think, is that um, a lot of people reading between the lines say, look, the obvious is that once people start learning about how much they're tracked and treated on the internet, they're rightfully freaked out by it and surprised by how much Facebook seems to know about them, despite them maybe not giving that much information. And I think Apple allowing us to have this choice is a strike at Facebook's entire business model, which is to collect this information whether or not we really want them to. And that's that's really tough for them. Uh, I don't know how they get around that. And I think it dramatizes really the trade-off that we've all had on the internet for so long <laughs> that we get all this free stuff, but it does cost us in some ways. Yeah, and Facebook has said or has warned that this will, you know, raise costs for businesses, and it's it's going to hurt businesses across the internet. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Like, what what exactly is the, you know, this doom and gloom scenario that Facebook is trying to paint? Yeah, and and I would like to preface this by saying that broadly speaking, uh, a lot of people have felt that this 
this doom and gloom scenario that they're pushing is not uh, really real or that mm. it doesn't have as much weight as they all think, which is a, a major PR loss for Facebook. Usually they are much more successful trying to get these types of messages out. But essentially, their argument is that uh, by removing this ability to track people a lot more deeply and learn about them, it will cost advertisers more money to broadly blanket a bunch of people with an ad. So for example, let's say that there's a upcoming Star Trek convention here in Washington, D.C. And being the nerd that I am, I would totally go if, you know, all things being equal. So they would want to be able to say, okay, well, you know, 30-something nerdy guys in the D.C. area, let's advertise it them. Well, if we imagine this world that Apple is creating, uh, there's a potential that those advertisers wouldn't be able to go that deeply into my information and instead would have to broadly kind of advertise that everyone in the D.C. area, right? Basically the equivalent of an Internet billboard. And that does probably cost more money. So Facebook is saying, well, you know, look at the small businesses, right? They barely can afford advertising as it is. And now you're going to raise their costs, essentially. Um, again, you know, in theory, this does make a lot of sense, but realistically, a lot of the advertisers I always see on Facebook are large brands who are broadly advertising anyway. So I don't know. Right. We'll see how this plays out. But I think um, regardless, Facebook's argument has not carried a lot of water for them. Right. And, and even as Facebook has sort of railed against this, they, they have actually followed suit with an update to its iOS app, correct? Yeah, so they uh, partially, I think, because they realize that Apple is not playing games here. Uh, Facebook is actually going to uh, enable this tracking transparency service. Three, uh, if you're an app developer, you can wait a little while before turning it on. Uh, it, Apple started on Monday. They said any apps uh, submitted for an update now have to follow this rule. So you could in theory, just wait for a long time. But uh, Facebook said that they're going to start uh, offering the prompt to people. I haven't gotten it yet myself. But essentially what will happen is that if you have a Facebook iPhone app, you'll get a little thing before the prompt saying, hey, um, we know that you probably want to, uh, you're going to get a request from Apple saying whether or not you want to be tracked. Here's why we think you do benefit from being tracked, please let us track you. And then it'll let Apple ask you and you can say yes or no. Right. And I'd love to stay on this whole thing, but we've got to move on to another topic on Apple. <laughs> tomorrow, Apple reports its earnings report. You've got a preview out. What are we expecting to see from Apple? Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one because Apple, of course, they've had a pretty slow quarter. Uh, if you think about January to March, they didn't really release any major new products, although they did do a lot of their uh, a lot of their social stuff during this time. Right. They they announced investments in different colleges and, you know, green initiatives and stuff like that. But generally speaking, no new products, which means no bumps to their revenue in the way that a new product typically does. That said, uh, analysts are generally expecting this to be uh, Apple's sixth largest quarter Ever, <laughs> which I mean, again, I, I remember when the law of large numbers, we were talking about that a decade ago uh, and thinking, wow, Apple can't get that much bigger. And here they are as a uh, trillion dollar company. So it I, I, it's going to be interesting to see a lot of I think what people are going to be looking for is also learning how the chip shortage is affecting everyone. You know, this chip yep. shortage is 
slowing down the manufacturing of cars and all sorts of other stuff, right? You can't get a computer half the time. PlayStation 5 is hard to find. So how is it affecting Apple? So far, they've done pretty well with it. Odds are because they have so much weight in the industry that no one wants to say, oh, we're not going to give you as many chips as you wanted. And so they're able to do what they want. But how long does that go on is the real question. Right. Like you you get the sense that you know, even as some of these other companies like Sony with their PlayStation 5 or automakers have struggled with shortages, Apple, because of its existing relationships, probably is in a better place than some of these other companies. Yeah, there is that sense. And also, as we've tried to untangle what this chip shortage is is caused by, right? Mm -hmm. It it was easy initially to think, oh, the chip shortage is because manufacturing had to shut down or they're running at reduced rates because, you know, you have to have people safe and and, and distanced in, in a facility. So logically, you can have fewer things made. Well, now we learn that these uh, that these manufacturing houses, they are going at 100 percent or more trying to get as many chips out the door as they can. So now we're learning, Okay, well, actually, demand is through the roof because everyone at home needs to have a new computer. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of us had old computers. We needed to work on new computers. And, you know, a lot of us suddenly needed a lot more equipment in our lives. That was part of it. The other part of it is that when the uh, coronavirus was first setting in, uh, I remember last year, like a lot of us were freaked out, right? March comes along, we suddenly get the announcement of a pandemic. We're all watching the daily, uh, you know, reports from the White House and everything. And everyone's like, what's going to go on? And apparently behind the scenes, a lot of the tech industry started reducing their orders thinking, wow, the world's going to fall apart. We don't want to be caught with a bunch of you know unsold iPads. So they start they reduced their orders. Well, Apple it seems was a lot smarter than that and was able to at least stay on top of it while everyone else kind of lost out on their window to buy as many chips as they wanted to. Yeah, we definitely saw that with the automakers as well, you know, when at the beginning of the pandemic, they reduced orders of their cars, which all require a lot of chips nowadays and when demand surged back, they and they went back to these chip makers they already are sold out. They were they were already accounted for. So beyond this, again, wish we could we could spend more time talking about this, but we've got another topic to hit on, and that is Apple's pending trial with Epic, the maker of Fortnite. What's the latest there? Yeah. So if you remember, um, Epic is fighting Apple over the way how much money everyone gets when I spend uh, money to buy like a new skin in Fortnite. So I look like you know, like uh, John Wick or something, right? Or maybe I want to have a, a pink axe to cut things down with. And that costs money because that's how the world has turned out. And, uh, you know, the Apple and Epic are fighting about who gets what percentage of that money. So the lawsuit is now going to be going to a bench trial. There's no jury. And it's going to be starting next week. It's going to be really interesting to see, partially because uh, as I've written about, there's the sense from a lot of antitrust experts that we haven't really dug into these questions very much about what is a monopoly in the modern age of technology and what what rules can a company set over their devices and all this other stuff. And, you know, aside from the impact it could have on Apple to suddenly 
potentially like, you know, unwind the entire app store, which would be a huge change for them. There's the larger questions about what is an ecosystem today and what is legal and what isn't. And antitrust experts are really excited to see this lawsuit go through. I'm willing to bet that once we get a sense of where the lawsuit is going, they'll all settle. But in the meantime, it's going to be a very interesting philosophical debate. Uh, And it's looking like it'll be three or four weeks for the trial total. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll stay on top of that. Ian, thank you for your time. Check out all of our Apple coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.